Hello, friends. Coming to you from the beautiful Tualatin River Valley in Oregon. This is Anna, Anna Banana, good at game design, fan of the avant-garde, all-or-nothing Anna. Nasback, Nikki B, Nako Bako, Nakano Baker, and this is 69 Vinyl Records. Folks, the onslaught continues. The, the third act of 69 Vinyl Records, colon, the $150 podcast is in full swing. I, of course, your weekly host here, Ryan Snowy Rye Guy, the rest Hosner, and I am here in studio in a very warm, I will say, a very warm studio here tonight in the inner sanctum, the TV room, with my partner, my wife, my chosen quarantine mate, Anna, here to talk about yet another of our family's little collection of records on this year program, which you've been listening to now for almost a year. This is episode 51. We are recording this on May 9th. I also recorded episode 50 earlier today on May 9th. Coming out for you on March 8th, 2021, in the time stream that you inhabit. This is existing now on the 8th of March or later. In the time stream we inhabit, this of course, May 9th, 2020, the darkest timeline. I've heard of an on switch. I've even heard of a slot. Yeah. But an on slot? <laughs> oh my God. Yeah. Get used to it, baby. Anna, welcome back to the show. I mean, you're here. You've done the introduction. I don't know why why I would be needing to introduce you at this point. You're you're here with me. It kind of gives me an opportunity to get a word in. Well. <laughs> <laughs> Listen, you want to run with the big dogs, you got to stop pooping like a puppy. That's what I always say. <laughs> That's a, that is a line from a computer game of hearts that was <laughs> in my house growing up. You could play with different skins. I've, I've, heard, I've heard of this. I've heard of this hearts game. You've heard of these hearts. <laughs> Do you, you remember can... any of the other skins? Well, you can play as the poker dog. Sure, yep. Oh my speaking God! Of speaking of poker dogs, speaking of a, a dog poking <laughs> his head right in here, Birdie, no dogs on pods. That's rule number. Wow, what, five? Birdie hates a closed door. <laughs> Nature abhors a vacuum. Birdie abhors a closed door, and he's gone. Oh, he just came <laughs> to open the door and crack. What a dick! <laughs> and stay out. All right. No dogs on pods. It's rule five. I've heard there was a president's skin. Oh, yeah. That your mom liked to play with? Well, okay. So it was my mom's game, I think. She was the one mostly playing hearts. I don't know which one she preferred. We could ask her. You could play as the dogs that had that great, if you, you know, want to run with the big dogs line that I quoted. It wasn't just... I remember that. It wasn't just... uh, It wasn't presidents. There was... There, I guess there were two presidents in there. It was... Um, great men. <laughs> yeah, Sorry. a bunch of really great men. Yeah, the presidents. These ones in particular, you had uh, George Bush Sr., George Herbert Walker Bush. You had Bill Clinton. And then you had Ross Perot. Who's Ross Perot? He is all ears. He was a third-party candidate that gained a lot of traction in the 90s. Well, wow. in 92 specifically. Wow, wow, wow. Yeah. And uh, and he's the reason uh, that we got Trump, or no, I don't know. I think that's what we're supposed to say about third-party candidates. Changing the political landscape. Yeah. Mm-hmm. And how? 
So yeah, welcome Anna to the program. This is now, I suppose, let's see, I, I've got to count here. One, two, three, four, five, six. This is your seventh booked appearance, not counting your cameos in uh, in two other episodes. So this is your ninth. I've had count. three cameos. What? <clears throat> I was counting game scribe. Oh, the, I, the, the episode 10 secret cameo. Then the then the uh, Anna's course, walk down memory lane. Uh, I think the hinge came first because we recorded that. Well, I mean, you recorded that unbeknownst to us a long time ago. <laughs> but I was hosting that party, so now that has to count as a that's a cameo podcast cameo. You, that's it's a real rich thing to say you were hosting a party and, and like oh I wasn't sorry you proposed to me in a very uh in a fit of peak i would say it's the best day of my life <laughs> so far yeah i that would be hopefully, hard to talk well hopefully this is a close second he said yes yeah hashtag he said yes and uh yeah anna's memory lane and anna's memory lane okay so it. 10 times you've been on the show counting today with a few more yet to come so i mean fans of the show buckle up you're going to be hearing our repartee our tete-a-tete our exchange of ideas keep going <laughs> again and again <clears throat> from here to the end welcome back anna it's so nice to have you here in the inner sanctum with me why thank you ryan yeah this this uh layer of the concentric circles of our house yeah third to center <laughs> Right. If you don't count Bertie's crate. <laughs> well, I always I insist that you do, but I thought that's what made it third to center. I, I, I lose track. There's so many walls. <laughs> so many circular layers. We this is a really stupid house, by the way. I just wanna say it's really dumb. It's a bunch of circular hallways that we call rooms. <laughs> well, um we like it for the safety aspect. I mean, there is that. There is that. Definitely got to batten down the hatches. Um, <laughs> batten. Let me try that. Batten down the hatches here in Corona times. We're very safe here in the in the fourth to center room, third from outside. Sure. Um, <laughs> glad to be here, Ryan. Glad to be doing hospitality, hospitality. Glad to be doing a record that both of us like. Yay! <laughs> yeah, a record both of us like. Hallelujah. Let's work. Well, we'll see. I don't know. (laughs) (laughs) Yeah, we are talking about this uh, self-titled album by Hospitality, which you just heard the very little beginning of. Anna introduced it so lovingly. One of my favorite features of the entire record happens on the first hit on this song. Like, and I don't mean hit as in like, whoa, that's a hit, but like the first down strum, <laughs> right? The first thing you hear on this record, you get a, a strummy guitar chord with a little buzzy, accidental little on the end of it. And I love that for a couple of reasons. I like homespun, really good music. I like when you can hear the instruments. A few episodes ago with Curtis, we were talking about 
hearing the saxophone uh, levers He's shutting nice. and shutting and opening. I like that sound on Saint Vincent. Mm-hmm. Um, it's something that on our own album. Curtis complains about being, you know, he missed three chair squeaks, but I think it, <laughs> I think it imbues a real like sense of um, DIY to it. The other thing that it reveals about this album, something that was a new thing for me to learn, this entire record was recorded in a four day span and every mm. track is live track. Wow. The entire band sets down these tracks at the same time. That is so interesting. Well, it has a really strong mood, um, which was striking me as I was sitting down to pull the songs apart because um, the mood is a lot of the record for me. Mm Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Um, the the words that you can't understand are not a big part of the (laughs) album, or (laughs) (laughs) it's not. Um. I don't have particular songs that are that are big for me. It's it's mm-hmm. it's the mood that the album strikes. And I don't know if this is any different than saying that there's a mood, but it has a strong um persona. She we we just watched that um video of them. I won't go too much into it. Maybe you want no, to talk no, about it later. No, go for it. No, it's great. We just watched um the beginning of a video of them doing a Steely Dan cover, which in my opinion yes. was not that good. No. Uh, I it was you know, but the singer she was talking about. Someone asked them how they chose that song, and she was like, "Well, we tried pretty young thing, but I couldn't believe it. I couldn't mm. believe the lyrics. Or no, she was talking about a different song that she couldn't believe the lyrics or something like that. Right. And it kind of made me realize um, what a good performer she is. Mm. That mm-hmm. it feels autobiographical, and it might be, but she really inhabits a character very uh, like natural. In, in a way that you can't tell that she's yeah. doing character. I want to clarify the, the one that we watched, because there are a few versions of them covering this. So the one that we watched is the band's first attempt at covering the song. They're on tour there in Chicago, and they laid down that track for the AV Club for like an undercover project. It was, it was the third season of that. So it's like rushed and hurried and sounds a little bit like ska when they do it in studio. It sounds too preppy. But the other videos of them performing this that we didn't watch tonight, mm-hmm. um, they they like they even said in the interview in the video we were watching, like, this is the first time we've even done a cover as a band. Yeah. Right? And so they actually have this as part of their performing catalog now. It's a cover they can whip out at shows. So there's oh. some other live tracks. So I I would be interested to, to listen to those and, and get your reaction on those. Not right this very moment, but I wonder if uh, I wonder if you would or we would prefer those versions. Yeah, it would be interesting to hear. I'm skeptical about hospitality doing rock and roll because they don't have a lot of rough edges, um, which is also what's amazing mm. about all the live tracking. Mm-hmm. Um, yeah. yeah, yeah. Well, you say not rock and roll, but they're playing. She she's a sick guitar player she's a great guitar player um and it's not it's not like it's definitely not hard rock there's no like metal in here or anything you know it's got more of a what was the thing i saw tonight getting ready for this this is a band that i actually have no familiarity with so i'm gonna say it and then be like i don't know Somebody else said Bell and Sebastian. Bell and Sebastian, that's exactly it. Do I was you... trying not to bring up Bell and Sebastian. Well, we don't have to. Is that <laughs> So I don't actually feel like I 
know that band at all, which I think I've, some people are going to listen to this and be like, what? But yeah, I have like zero. That's a complete I've listened spot. to them a little bit. They're very Bell and Sebastian, very like book Casey mm. pop rock. That's not yeah. a, that's not a genre. Yeah. I just said it because I don't know. Um, I don't know what the words are to describe that pocket, but they're definitely in that pocket. Yeah. So the sort of like, I mean, it makes sense that this is a band that met at Yale, right? It's a bunch oh, of... I roll. <laughs> but, they met at yeah. the Yale School of Music. Yeah, they're people who read books, but who aren't even proud that they read books. Oh, yeah. Unlike you. They wear lots of buttons, yeah. <laughs> wow. Wow. Spice. <laughs> yeah, so mean. Oh, my gosh. Talking about their buttons. So, Anna, you've said that there are not maybe as many specific tracks that you want to highlight, and I'm I'm fine with that. I, I want to share a couple of things that I find important um, here on this first side, at least. The second song, so we've already heard a little from 8th Avenue. I guess we never named it, but that's what we heard here at the top, which is really fun. But I think the only thing I have to say about 8th Avenue is until I read the lyrics sleeve, I thought Young and Maudlin was Young in Portland. Oh, nope. So. yeah young and maudlin that's one of the few actually lyrics that i feel like i knew ahead of time she is a very um marble mouthed kind of singer (laughs) she she yeah i couldn't believe it when you told me that she's from kansas i really thought that she must be from europe she sings with an accent it's very she's like very very affected yeah yeah but it sounds natural it sounds uh different than how I hear people speak, but it sounds true. Yeah. Yeah. I don't know. I don't know. Maybe she learned it at Yale. Yeah. <laughs> um, and she uses words in her lyrics like colonnade and brackish. So mm, yeah. I thought she must be from Europe. Sandy brown brown bog blackish water. No, yeah, that's it, right? That's it, yeah. Sandy Sandy Blonde Bog Brackish Water. Ugh. Uh, it made perfect sense that that Eighth Avenue was about being young in Portland because it's about <laughs> not really feeling that you are who you are or the age that you are and being on a bad date, being yeah. on streets on a bad date. Yeah. So that sounds just like Portland. That... Anyways, <laughs> that sounds maybe like yours and my separate but somehow intertwined experiences living in Portland, maybe. <laughs> um. Yeah, being in Portland and going on, yeah, just going on shitty dates with people. The yeah. sort of thing about, like, I'm not sure if I'm a little old for this now, suddenly. Like, mm-hmm. she's sort of singing about, like, losing her 20s, which is interesting. She's, I think, only around 27 or 28 when this record came out. I don't mm-hmm. know that for sure, but based on when they met at Yale well, she and had how old I am, say, I'm guessing. She had to say that she's 27 because... She- she had to rhyme it with the line before, which is that they met at seven. She, but she said she's not twenty-seven anymore. Ah, uh, yeah, in the yeah, song, yeah. Oh, but I think so she is. I took that right, right, right. I'm well. She said that I'm not twenty-seven, but I took that to be sort of like a disassociation because that's the only thing that talks about her age. It's sort of like saying her age by saying that's not my age. Mm, so then she says uh, went from twenty-two to four-four. I think I. Well, I think yeah. There's what does a, that mean? Well, so there's a little bit of. And, uh, ambiguity there about whether she's talking about streets or blocks because then the yeah, very next line she's talking places. about blocks yeah but then she's talking about being on i don't know so i know in new york numbered avenues intersect other numbered avenues so she may be on eighth going from 
22nd to 44, but she might also be inhabiting some sort of like, I'm, I'm older now and I'm with this younger person and it's like, uh, not my scene. Yeah. Um, that, uh, is the part that reminds me of Portland. (laughs) So you want to talk about the next song? Yeah, I used Friends of Friends on a video that I made right before I left for Alaska. So I had graduated from college. I'd moved to Portland. I had flamed out in a retail job. I had moved back to my old college town, gotten a degree, a master's degree. And then I took a job in Alaska. And I had between, so I got hired in April. I needed to finish up my degree. So I had like another month and a half or something. And then once my lease was up in Forest Grove, I had, yeah, basically between late May and late July to bum around. It was my first summer. I wasn't getting a paycheck yet. So it wasn't my like real first summer, but I was doing a summer break and kind of like living with friends and just, I think I might have even. Honestly, and I'm thinking about it right now, I don't know what rent, if any, I paid to stay at Shasta's basement that summer. But so I just, like, lived in a basement, got up every day. I didn't have a dog or a cat or anything. I, like, I would sort of bum around in the morning, make a bagel and have some coffee. Around, like, noon or one, I would end up, like, going on a bike ride or walk somewhere to meet up with somebody for lunch or... Then I was all, I was just like, I saw somebody like every night and I was like recording it all. I had my GoPro and I was recording every day of summer. And so I took that footage and turned it into like two little going away videos for myself, <laughs> you know, goodbye videos to my friends of yeah. like, wow, what a fun adventure we had this summer. I'm going on another one kind I've of thing. I've seen those videos and I can see um, how you would be reminded of that product just those sort of like clips and vignettes and... yeah yeah totally um so friends that are good friends and friends that are old friends Aww. and friends that are new friends and so reading the lyrics for these first two songs i was kind of surprised by how mundane they are i wrote these are all about what street you're walking down what age <laughs> you are and whether you're going out or going home <laughs> yeah the lyrics yeah. are actually like that... <laughs> n- not that striking but it's surprising because the music itself, I think, is much more layered. It like yeah, very I don't, mature. Yeah, so it the it conveys more of this feeling of wanting so badly to be locked into anything, mm. a friendship, a path, um, and not being able to really lock in. Yeah, yeah, no, that makes sense, and that was definitely yeah, I think spoke to me in that in that very time. Um, I, I remember, like, timing up. You know, I'm always learning new things. I, I wasn't, like, great at video editing then, and I'm not great at it now, but it's it's basically the same skills. <laughs> it's the same software that I used to poorly edit this show. Mm-hmm. Um, and I remember, like, getting one... So I did a lot of high fives with people and caught them on my GoPro. And I just, like, catching up with a friend from grad school. Is this or, about like, how you got out. a lot better at high fives? 
I got so good at high fives. I'm always learning stuff. I love giving high fives. <laughs> uh, no, but I um, I think that's two episodes in a row. No, two out of three. Two good. out of three ain't bad. Uh, getting that Kim Cattrall voice in there. Is that Samantha, by the way? Do you know? Oh, that sounds right. That sounds correct. I, That's what I never Ty said too. He said it sounds correct. Yeah, I never <laughs> watched that show. I don't think we're allowed to name shows on this. <laughs> oh no no no! Shows is fine. Shows is fine. It's not a. It's not a podcast. Um, I never watched that show, but that I'm familiar with the character, and that sounds correct, probably. So all I mean to say is, no, it's like doing all these high fives, and one of them I got to time up with one of the claps on the little. Uh, bridge toward the oh, outro cool. where it's going it's real swingy and uh and i got one to time up with it yeah i had high fives with one of wade's old friends rawan like came through portland and stayed at my place for like a day there's a high five with a woman that luke dated for a little while there's a high you five remember with... every high five well I, it's a video it's easier to remember <laughs> but you know I remember, much like Jens Lechman, I do remember every high five. <laughs> do you remember your first high five? Well, how could I forget? Pretty Wang? Yeah. That's a great song. <laughs> it's super great. Do you know anything about it? No, tell me. Here's what I know about it. And this I've known from the top. So actually, you know, I'm talking about like using this, using a song from this record in 2012. This, this album came out in 2012. So I, I don't know how it was. Probably, actually, that summer I was on Pitchfork like twice a day. And so I'm sure I found it like right when it came out. Mm -hmm. And was like, oh, damn, this stuff's really good. Yeah. Um, so I think I've known this since I found out about the band at all, that Betty Wang is the name of one of Amber Papini's, like, day job co-workers. <gasps> Interesting. It's just a friend of hers from work. <laughs> and the middle part there where everyone thinks she's saying sous chef, us included, yeah. she's saying sous chia, which is Betty Wang's, like, birth name in, <gasps> in China. Whoa. Yeah, and cool. so she's just singing a song to Betty Wang. To Betty Wang. Aww. It's funny too because she says, "I'll follow you back to Tokyo," and she's singing this to a Chinese woman. So I have no idea what the story of Betty Wang is, or what her whole background is, or if it's supposed to be like making fun of. I don't even know where you're from. I have no oh, that idea. That would be funny. Ha, ha, ha. It might be. Um, <laughs> it might be like if the house has to be yellow then make it yellow sort of a sure thing. i don't care where the fuck you go yeah i'm going this is I'll art or no there's like a there's some essay that some poet wrote about like if you're writing about your childhood and in the story the house has to be yellow oh, but your house wasn't yellow sure. make it yellow it doesn't matter sure yeah oh that that's nice oh you like that i do i do make it yellow mm -hmm. i like seriously i i work with i work with young people on essays for their scholarships right oh yeah and no one's gonna go check what color your house is <laughs> yeah, seriously no yeah. that's a really good illustration i think to be able to use in the future you've given oh. me something for my real life job which this is not <laughs> it's a thing 
anything else that you want to say about Betty Wang? I, I mean, I just really love it. It's really heartfelt. Will you hum the melody for me a little bit? Betty Wang. You don't give career advice. If you have to be back by nine. Telephone. She's like, order a capsi. Order a taxi. <laughs> Yeah, this falls into the category of um, what street you're walking down and whether you're going in or sure. out song. It's very, they, the whole they get album away from is place-based. Yeah, th- I mean, they get away from that, but... Uh, um, Luke would be, if Luke were here, he would make sure to state that on this album, it's almost like New York City is its own character. <laughs> um, if Luke were here. Yeah, I don't know if this is the best song to bring this up, but um, they have such beautiful, nimble melodies that mm. are surprising, but just so calm and subdued. They don't sound like they're working hard. Yeah. But they're different. Yeah. There's two more tracks on this side, Anna. Um, they're tracks four and five, by my count. Um, they, they really pull back here on Julie. And I want to talk about the right profession, but. There's something that happens here between uh, songs four and five, and we haven't done a lot of these in recent memory, but time for one of my album gripes. Album gripes! <laughs> you got beef. I think that's a fair gripe. All right, Anna, you ready to hear my gripes? Always. Hear ye, hear ye. Little you, about my album gripes, numbered two. <clears throat> one. The thing that launched me... Thank you for that. Thank you for indulging so patiently my troll riddle that I was giving you. I mean, as I said, always. (laughs) (laughs) Make tolerating your partner's troll impressions the bedrock of your relationship. (laughs) (laughs) Okay, so the thing that launched me into this segment... And you can tell how much of a gripe it is because I'm like giggling here with you. You're you're sipping you're sipping fucking white wine and like ha 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 and we're like doing this whole this very bougie situation we've got going here. Love you, baby. Uh here's my first album gripe. The album flips between songs five and six. But the sleeve that has the lyrics printed on mm. it flips between songs four and five. That is foolish. Sure. Um, so hospitality, they're very cute. They're very cool. They're very mm. breezy. Mm. I would wear a hospitality t-shirt. Sure. Um, I saw a, a picture of them for the first time on this album sleeve, and I was like, ooh, too cute. There's like a picture <laughs> of this singer and guitarist and the other guitarist, and they're both rolling their sleeves up and at the same time. Your... Yeah. Um, and then so on the lyric sleeve, um, it's very beautiful on the first side yeah um it's like not quite a third of the way down all the lyrics are like justified Mm, on a mm. on a horizontal line and it's in like two fonts that are like beautifully mixed yeah and it's just like clean black text on a white background and it leaves a lot of um negative space for hospitality just along the top oh i thought you meant i mean i do know that you mean the name but you know it leaves some space for hospitality (laughs) yeah it's like um, hospitality for your eyes. It's beautiful. It's like a fancy menu or something. Yeah, it looks kind of sh- like Kinfolk, to be honest. What does that mean? Uh, that's oh, like... it's like a magazine. Yeah, yeah, yeah Okay. Exactly. Yeah, oh yeah, it's like totally Kinfolk. So, and I'm sure, I noticed that as well, I'm sure that they pulled 
the other song onto the back so that they could get that look on the front. And then yeah. it's all crowded on the back, and I don't know why they included yeah, that photo right? that yeah. I don't really like yeah. them in it. <laughs> yeah. Mm. So that's my first album gripe. My second also has to do with the sleeves, and that is there are too many sleeves. There are two sleeves, and that's one sleeve to me. I'm fine with that. Oh, I'm uh, totally fine with that. And it, and it, I, I'm not fine with it, Anna. I'm not fine with the two sleeves. That's a lot of work. This album, as we said, like they is a flash of genius. It's like this beautiful moment, four days of live tracking, and they crank out this like incredibly dynamic, you know, very as you say, similar feel and mood throughout, but also a lot of range, right? Yeah. Like, song four really pulls it back and it's really nice and then song five so julie really pulls back and then the right profession is like such a fun jam right they even song to song they're doing this like kind of wide variability so yeah you can do you can do this really nice stuff but don't don't have two sleeves two sleeves inside of the record and the sleeve isn't even functional as a sleeve because you have to flip it in the wrong place. Those have been my album gripes. Album gripes. <laughs> you got beef. I think that's a fair grape. Julie, all that I have to say about that is that there are some really pretty lyrics in there. Such as? And I sewed and I sewed all the ribbons on my coat. Saffron blows in the yard getting tossed. A tasseled toe. Wow. Yeah. Really nice lyrical things. Probably all that stuff about uh about like you know being bookworms and being Yaleys uh is coming through here a lot. There are other parts in the song where I'm pointing out lyrics. I do want to mention, and I didn't write this in my notes until very late in the album, but I rarely have any idea what she's saying. Hmm. Like it's so you know you mentioned it sounding like an accent. I just thought she was pronouncing things as you know you said if the house needs to be yellow mm. i'd say if it needs to be pronounced <laughs> you know if teacup has to be teacup <laughs> right then it has to be teacup oh yeah and there's like atalanta yeah like oh that. yeah oh yeah side b has a lot of that that that's why i think i saved that comment for there ah. but it's come up i mean i <laughs> never know what the fuck she's saying <laughs> And I try and sing along. It's so singable and catchy. Yeah. And she's so inaccessible. Uh Yeah, um, I think it actually saves the music a little bit from um, from that like preppiness that was like uh, a little. Do you um, think? I mean, Vampire Weekend is similarly to me like impenetrable, and it's doing the same like Ivy League <laughs> prep song. <laughs> yeah, he enunciates his words more. Uh, ah, yeah, or maybe. or are you saying he's doing the same? Thing. he's like ivy league background and he slurs i think he yeah i think he's hard to understand a lot of the time i mm. i think i know i think i probably know more like percentage-wise vampire weekend lyrics like you know of the songs that i know mm. but there are still long stretches in those songs where i'm like 
Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. And I do that a lot in hospitality, which mm-hmm. I don't know. So I, I uh, when I was in college and in choir, I had a director who was really encouraging for us to like, you know, figure it out, learn it. You're going to make mistakes as you're learning something. And he used to always quote <laughs> Martin Luther of all people, and he would say, "Sin boldly." Like, mm-hmm. he wanted you to feel comfortable just, like, fucking mm-hmm. up. And the rule was to just raise your hand. Like, when you know you messed up. Because if you mess up and he hears it and you don't raise your hand, he's like, oh, I need to go back and teach them how to play that part. Yeah. But if you can be like, oops, sorry, my bad. Yeah. It's a total, like, sport thing. Like, yeah, team yeah, I was sport say, thing it to just be sport. like, yep, yeah, my bad, my bad, like, call it out. Um, So that was something that was ingrained in me. And I basically have to, with this album, keep my hand up the whole time. Oh, got it, got it. <laughs> the right profession. So I don't know what this sound is called, but there's this recurring like sound mm. that to me sounds like the sound equivalent of like when you take a photograph and the sun does this like bloop of like rainbow across your oh sure yeah photograph Real, like shimmery kind of. It sounds like video cassettes. Ah, yeah, it's got a little warp to it. Yeah, yeah, that I really like. Yeah. Hadn't noticed it before this listen. Yeah. It's a really fun jam. It you know, you were talking about lyrics on the last track. I love the lyric on here. Um, your mother thinks your friends are trash. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. So tomorrow, tomorrow is in our time stream. Tomorrow is Mother's Day. So for all the moms out there who put up with all the friends they, of ours that they thought were trash. Yeah. You know, happy Mother's Day. <laughs> Um, I don't know what the brand of this kind of pop is, but it really picks up and I feel like changes tone a little bit from what they've been doing. Mm. Mm. I don't know what to call this kind of music. Ding, 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 Just like ding, this. Ding, well, ding. so right, it's doing the like indie pop thing. It, yeah, I guess. It That's sounds. Amazing. Yeah, it's like little indie pop. It's got a little bit of tweet stuff happening. Mm-hmm. But they do it really nicely. Yeah, it's one of it's one of I mean, if you've got to listen to this and you do. <laughs> this is what you should listen to. And we are. And that's the end of side A. Which means, oh, Anna, thank you for, like, bridging me into this so nicely. Oh, you're welcome. It's time for... <laughs> I thought we were going to share it. I guess not. It's time for... Today in Coronavirus. Oh, not the song. <laughs> yeah, the I song. I can't take it one more time. It's, you're going to, well, I, I hate to say it this way, but you're going to take it 18 more times. <laughs> <laughs> there was no other way to put it. Uh, Here's Today in Coronavirus, Anna. Okay, first of all, Today in the Inner Sanctum. I just want you to know, today in New York City, it was snowing. Today, in this room right here, there is a 
I have had multiple, I should say, beads of sweat rolling down the back of my calves. Oh, gross. Thank you. <laughs> Here's the actual news. The actual news today in coronavirus that's not just there's it's so goddamn hot in this room. If we could open a window, mm. it's just that we would hear the road noise. We would hear Pat. We'd hear the tractor. We'd get invited to watch them pull out. A oh, stump. our listeners are acquainted with Pat. <laughs> in one of my favorite like breaking break like i couldn't keep it together <laughs> moments back when we were in the holy of holies yeah. uh sometime okay <laughs> did you come on yelling <laughs> not exactly okay. okay so okay let me back it up a little bit in the holy of holies we we have a huge window there's a huge window back there it's it's actually impossible. It's too big. It's too big. The window's just too big. It's impossible to like go into a regular store, whether that be Target, Home Depot. Oh, you don't have to do that. Northside Grocery. <laughs> wow, you know, product any, placement. Yeah. Um, no, you can't go into any big box store and buy a curtain hanger or a curtain rod setup or, or blinds or anything for a window this size. It's too big. They don't make curtains for... That dog don't hunt. (laughs) So we have blankets to give us a little bit of privacy, just the slimmest margin of privacy from our neighbors. We we are very close to the houses around us. When I was recording the Holy of Holies, it was not like make your crotch sweat hot. It was just you know a week ago, and it was it was nice and cold. And I often had a blanket, so I would take a blanket down from the window and use it to warm my little chicken legs. And one of those times, recording the pod, Pat just, like, turned on the light and came outside, and I waved to her, and then that's how she became known to the rest of the... I just, like, I was Aww. like, there's Pat, and I, um, I like, cried laughing, describing her. It was, uh, <laughs> I was like, how do I say this in such a way? Uh, what a... What a crazy old racist lady. Yeah. <laughs> uh, yeah. Today she invited me over to, well, through you. Yeah, I was watering the lawn and she said, are you the homeowner? And then she told me that a <laughs> tractor was coming over to dig something out in her lawn. And she said, so if your husband wants to come yeah. watch, yeah. <laughs> he's invited. It was really sweet. When I saw the tractor, I did kind of want to go watch. It was cool. Yeah. It was cool. And I'm happy for her that she got that stump dug out yeah i guess it was a stump that was located in a sinkhole above her septic so there's something yeah there's something going we don't have a septic on our property but she apparently does so what are we talking about (laughs) it's today in coronavirus here's the actual news keep anna focus a few teams NBA teams, basketball teams in this great nation that we inhabit, the uh, the coronavirus leader, if you will, a few basketball teams have decided to reopen their facilities. One of those teams, your Portland Trailblazers, have reopened their practice facilities to teams. The Cleveland Cavaliers also did, and uh, I believe there's a third. It's not coming to me right now. I'm not going to spend any more time thinking about it. Um, CJ McCollum got on the news today whatever (laughs) i don't know i don't know to whom he's spilling but he basically said like look i'm stoked that the blazers are taking really good precautions i'm stoked that it's all voluntary i'm stoked that they've said four people at a time max 
an hour max. But he also said, like, either it's safe or it's not. Yeah. Yeah, exactly. Like, if it if it's this hard to do, maybe, yeah, like, slow your roll. Yeah. So to that, I say, Christian James McCollum, you beautiful, beautiful man, you have never been more right than you are today. So the rest of the NBA say, like, they, <laughs> Anna, I don't know how much you know about this. There's all this talk about there's, like, two leading candidates, uh, Las Vegas and Disney World Orlando, Florida to reopen a, like, NBA playoffs seven-game series in, like, basically a hermetically sealed bubble environment where they just invite, like, the 16 teams and keep them there for, like, a month and, like, play out the playoffs and make sure we have a champion for 2020. It's really frustrating to hear um, opt-in schemas Mm. as Mm. a form of precaution because if you opt out, you can't opt out from being in a society where everyone around you is opting in. Yeah. Um, yeah. So that's frightening to me. Mm-hmm. It's it's really hard for people right now to keep track of how serious this is and how yeah. I'm supposed to be acting. Well, yeah, the whole thing is like you're so, you are responsible for gauging your own risk, basically. There there are no guidelines that are like, okay, here is. Here's how to tell whether or not you should or should not, right? There, it's all piecemeal. It's all inconsistent. Um, I miss basketball a lot. I'm playing NBA 2K17 all the time. <laughs> I miss the NBA. Um, I I don't miss it so much that I think that they need to like crown a 2020 champion. Like the world <laughs> is fucking different now. It just is, right? And and uh, I don't know, I was talking with Mark earlier today. If we're talking, like, waiting for a vaccine, waiting for reliable treatment, this whole thing, like, ah, it's going to blow over over the summer, or, ah, 18 months, or, ah. Vaccines take sometimes over a decade. It just doesn't seem like now's the time to be playing basketball. At it's so World. soon. It's so soon. And um, Hillsboro opened its Saturday market. Yeah, so, yeah, in yeah. our own... Our small town opened their little uh their little farmers market today. I saw it. I mean it was cars only. But yeah, you guys, like it's a really weird spot and I think we may talk about this tomorrow in coronavirus about the, the sort of like United States decision of like, well, I just guess a lot of people are gonna die. Like that's just the decision. Mm-hmm. And I'm with CJ on this one. And that's been today in coronavirus. <coughs> Hold up. I love CJ McCollum. Yeah, well, I mean, he's a goddamn hero. <laughs> His performance against the Denver Nuggets. <laughs> he's beautiful. I've always said it. He's a dancer. Oof, you dancer. <laughs> yeah, that's what, that's what I murmur every time I watch a Blazers game. Every every time you crawl into a little like photographer's hut to like stock. <laughs> The beautiful, to majestic watch, beast. To watch the Blazers <laughs> on TV in my house. Yeah. yeah. You dance. Oh, man. Such good references in this show. Sex in the City, Planet Earth 2, The Others. Our wedding vows. <laughs> hey, 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 hey. Keep that under wraps. <laughs> People don't know. I mean, we eloped. We've just gotten... Officially, we're just engaged. <laughs> yeah. No, we've away. been married this whole... We got married real quick after... I proposed to you. Yeah, almost a year before, in fact.
Yeah. All right. Side B. Side B. Five sweet little songs to take us home. Sleepover, the first of which. Moved out in the summer. Nami about sleepover i'll say i i'll say i can't think of anyone else who i would prefer to hear singing oh i don't care she just throws it off like i don't care i i can think of other people who i would love to hear singing i don't care but not that kind of like i don't care that sort of like childish i'm not even thinking about it i get yeah yeah i don't care I don't care. I don't care. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> so breezy. So light. Yeah. Yeah, breezy and light. You know, you mentioned the, the, the one lyric that I wrote down from here is, Raisin-colored eyes. I love that. I love mm. that picture. Raisin-colored eyes. That's such a pretty word for... Like, in America, I think we're socialized for very grotesque reasons to find like brown a not pretty color right that's like from kindergarten mm. it's like Ugh, yeah and if you mix all the crayons together ugh, it's this yucky dirty brown color right like yeah yeah that's a i don't know if it's a strictly american thing if it's a white country thing if it's a, I, I don't know probably pretty global actually but, it's yeah. probably global yeah and and certainly like there are some brown things that aren't beautiful, but like wood is brown and it's fucking incredible. Oh yeah. And, right. Like brown's to my say... favorite color, both for natural <laughs> reasons and for political reasons. <laughs> we yeah. also do talk about um, like brown body features in terms of food all the time. And I thought mm. that that's what you're going to say. Cause that's also disgusting. Ah, no, that was oh, almond eyes, coffee skin, sure. whatever. No. So I guess I, I didn't mean to go there with raisin colored eye. I just meant, <laughs> I just meant. I mean, I think that ways... people use food language to like take back the beauty of like non-white char- physical characteristics. Well, okay, but I have maybe raisin colored eyes. I don't. It's yeah, not necessarily... she's not talking. She's not necessarily. She's not talking about anyone of any particular race. You can't tell. Yeah, of any sort of purported. Right, 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 yeah, right, right. To which we're supposed to describe. Right. Yeah. But I'm just saying it's not new either to be like, mmm, mm, yummy. Word. I hear that. Let me eat it and use yeah. it up. Yeah. I hear that. I hear that. But it's pretty. It's very no, writerly. It's very writerly to talk about brown eyes. Is. And to evoke. everything's about. One sense when you're talking about another. Everything's either um, blue, green, or dark when you're talking about eyes like that that's mm. it there's no there's no po- I, mm-hmm. as a and you know as a fellow brown eye haver unless it's you're my brown eyed girl there's like very little brown eye stuff that are you know behind these hazel eyes that's some kelly clarkson there for the, that's the first whoa yeah but it's... kelly clarkson making her first appearance here on <laughs> oh, 69 wow. vinyl records welcome I aboard kelly don't know what you're talking about but <gasps> <laughs> I know who Kelly Clarkson is. Yeah. Um, yeah. How sad is that? That it's like revolutionary to sing about brown eyes. Yeah. Yeah. That's not People notice it. People I'll always sing. notice it. Oh, brown eyes. Yeah. yeah. It. It's. It's so you know. It's so. It's a. It's a dominant trait. 
of all the, you know, of all but the raisins s- are like almost purple. Yeah. Yeah. Cool. Yeah, it's nice. Yeah. It's a really nice picture. I just want to eat it up. <laughs> the birthday. Black and dirty tea. So this is the one, Anna, that has, for me, like, where I don't think it sounds like an accent at all. I think it really sounds like an affect because she's using language in this song in such a percussive way. Oh, yeah. Um, It's a really thumpy song. It's a percussive song, period. Yeah. But she doesn't have to say, I mean, so listen to this, listen to this uh, little phrase here, just in a normal voice, and then the way that she says it. You've got. Blackened, oily teacup. That was a normal voice, or? <laughs> Don't look at me like that. I'm Let just me teasing finish. you. Oh, sorry. <laughs> Blackened, oily. I, I'm reading it like a fucking poet, all right? God damn it. <laughs> yeah. I get so few opportunities to perform oh, on this show. It actually sounded really good. Blackened, oily teacup. A drop on your round mouth. And the way she sings it is, Black and oily tea, cup a drop on your round mouth. <laughs> That's not how she pronounces the words, so. though. No, it's exactly. Oh. Listener, please. Black and oily tea, cup a drop, tea, cup on, a your drop on your round mouth. I, I love it. I, I think this song is super rad. It's a cool song. It's really percussive and really fun. Yeah. The little drum trip. I don't know. Yeah, 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 yeah. The little said it Yeah. It sounds arcade fiery. Yeah. It's a little bit pick it up, pick it up. Yeah, yeah, exactly. That's what it is. It is. No wonder they're doing a bit of ska when they cover real in it. Yeah, 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 yeah. Or uh, Ricky. Yeah, or it's just it's just like a a classic little drum trip. Yeah. Yeah. It's nice, nice little fill. I love Argonauts. Oh yeah? It's a really interesting song. You are narrow. I really um, didn't know until I read the sleeve cover that it's a critique of the American dream mm. myth. Mrs. Liberty waits. Yeah. Uh-huh. Mrs. Liberty waits for me on an elevator, handing out cash, something like that. I love it. <laughs> this is the voice of someone who's headed to Ellis Island. Yeah. And then she's talking about Lady Liberty, and she says, All "Mrs. The- Liberty." But yeah. Oh my gosh. It's so interesting how hard it is for me to re- recall their memor- their melodies out of context. I think yeah. it actually speaks to like how different and surprising they are. Different and surprising yeah. melodies, but also how little the words actually line up with phrasing. She Yeah, I re- I remember sentences... the word piranhas. I remember how she sings that. Yeah. yeah. But her her sentences span multiple lines, right? She's like yeah. doing longer form ideas. Or like going through and doing kind of free association, but it's not like here's how I would write it: idea, idea, yeah. idea. Yeah, and, and even the way like, that they, I, even the way that yeah, they, ID, 
Oh, I see. Idea. I thought. Uh, yeah. Okay. You know, it's I like thought you were saying an idea per line or an idea per stanza because even yeah, I was surprised kind of, sometimes that. about how they wrote their stanzas because they would clump something together as though it were a chorus. When I hear it as like a chorus and then a break. Yeah. Like one of yeah. those lines is like something different. Yeah. Like a different part Wait, of the song. Wait, isn't that the pre-chorus? Yeah. Isn't that the outro to the chorus? Yeah. yeah. Things kind of mm-hmm. like flow together yeah. in a way that doesn't work in the way that we usually write stanzas. Classic classic Yale school of music I have to say seriously yeah. oh okay <laughs> um but I'm glad I got you yeah she says about the Statue of Liberty all she did was promise which is so sad mm-hmm. all she did was promise mm-hmm. and I like the stanza beauty beauty all you say and that's your only story so that's so angry and devastating cheat as you enchant yeah yeah yeah. Cheat as you enchant. That's Cheat awesome use of language. Yeah, yeah. yeah. Mm-hmm. Um, the last episode I was on, I talked about Anderson Pack using repetition and how much I love that. Yeah. And how he uses it to emphasize, like the second time he's like, "God damn it, look me in the eye." Mm. And she uses repetition a lot to, um, express sort of like, to sort of like take the umph out of something. Beauty, beauty is all you say. Mm. Like, yeah, mm. like sort of like. I sowed and I sowed. You dug coal, you dug coal. Mm-hmm. It went on and on and it was the same the millions whole time. You just keep on saying beauty. Yeah. Millions and millions. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. That's how people use that use that effect um, unintentionally. Sure. Yeah. And then something else that I like about this is that it starts with this really literal, like incisive criticism of the American dream. And then the song really wanders to something else, much less literal. She's like talking about she says, when I was 12, dogs would yell and whistle, lock the uh, key and throw the door away. Yeah, it becomes not sure. really clear what she's talking about, but just sort of the theme of like journeying to something unknown mm. Mm. carries through. Yeah. Yeah. Or maybe the sort of like faultiness of memory being kind of a thing that, that is coming up here in this sort of like what what's America supposed to be like? What, what You know, there's a little bit of that going on, I think. I also yeah. think. She's doing a little, I, I want to ask you if you think this is purely, because I could go either way on this, if you think it's purely just like, she sings words weird, or if you think she's doing something intentionally, when she pronounces, I mean, the song is called Argonauts, uh. but she says Aragonauts when she sings it. Yeah. Like arrogant, like Aragonauts. Yeah. Like, I wonder if that's, if she's doing a weird play on words, or if it's just like, I have to make this house yellow. <laughs> she needed an she needed an Aragonauts extra syllable. That's how she sings it every time. You are an aragonaut. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. It's very like it's intentional. It's not like she. I heard that double meaning when I had listened to it before and kind of heard it in the context of like I'm this disillusioned city girl. But now that I have seen what the song is about, about like this immigrant coming to Ellis Island and kind of expecting her life to change. What do you think Atalanta is the is the immigrant thing? Yeah, I don't understand what that's about. I think Atalanta. I think she's singing like about. I thought it was the city Atlanta. Uh, no, I think she's singing about Lady Liberty. Like I think Atalanta is like the name of the. <gasps> and then she says, "Don't like forget the bell. Don't forget the something. bell. Yeah. Oh, the bell. The, the Liberty Bell. Like yeah. I, I see but it an as Ara- being all But these. an Argonaut is a traveler, so it's the person who's arriving and like expecting something different than what 
Yeah, so maybe the pilgrims or the, you know, whatever, like, first white settlers came over here and then, like, fuck everything up and destroy indigenous cultures for a few hundred years. I think I heard arrogant in there before, but that, I don't think that that, she's doing it purposefully. All right. Yeah. All right. Now we're fighting. (laughs) (laughs) I hate it when you fight. (laughs) Yeah. I, this is actually where I had waited to write on here. Um. I have no idea what she's ever saying. Like, <laughs> mm-hmm. this is this is where I was like, I didn't know this song was called Argonauts or that she's singing Aragonaut. I, uh, I just like it. I just like it. She's able to take me in a place that I want to hang out in, even as a lyricist and a, a vocalist, even though I can't like engage the way that I normally would with the, with a band or with an album. I I want to inhabit this world that they create for all of what like 34 minutes or something for sure it's so small. and we've talked a lot about like how she sings um like the the pronunciation aspect of how she sings but we haven't really talked about how sexy her voice is well <laughs> you were <laughs> you don't want to talk about it how like breathy and raspy it can be and also how like sweet um and high it can be yeah yeah it's... i mean it's not soccer mommy but <laughs> you have you have a scale yeah yeah i think so yeah 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 soccer mommy is more like madonna Quality. what yeah oh get out of here <laughs> liberal arts you're thinking u.s girls i'm not you were uh liberal arts yes uh Okay, here's what I'll say. At the top here of the program, you talked... I was. I was thinking U.S. girls. <laughs> Soccer mommy is like another like kind of like Listeners, if you can see my voice. eyes rolling. <laughs> the speed, the RPMs I'm achieving Soccer, soccer mommy is that, that like... um Campfire girl. Emo. Yeah. Emo campfire. Yeah, yeah, totally. Yeah. Oh, interesting. Summer camp. Interesting that you think that's sexy. <laughs> uh, let's see. Okay. Liberal arts. Oh, okay. So speaking of eye rolling, here's what I wrote about liberal arts. Eighth Avenue is this whole song about like kind of looking back at being a little bit younger. Oh my God. This is exactly the same thought that I had about liberal arts. Go on. All right. Eighth Avenue is this look back at like, ugh, my early twenties or, or maybe more specifically your early twenties. I'm not, I'm not saying you, I'm saying like in the song, right? That the singer's like, ugh. Like your 20s. I remember my 20s and I kind of like stumbled through them and I'm not sure I want to engage you in that zone, right? Liberal arts is more of the like looking ahead at somebody in maybe their, well, it could be late 20s <laughs> or their like 30s or early 40s where it's like sneering about how your BA did nothing for you and how like, oh, your daddy was so proud when you bought that house. It's someone who's like achieved stability. Yeah, stability over fashion or attitude. Mm-hmm, yeah, mm-hmm. like you've just given up long, sober walks upstate. Well, yeah, that's such a thing. good line. Oh my god, <laughs> I think that's so evocative. So I also wrote that this like returns to the the place of the earlier like two or three songs, mm-hmm. but I think it has more depth because it's talking about like the consequences of choices that you've made, sure. and it's talking about class. So you found the lock, but not the key The college brings, and all the trouble of a BA And the English literature, and 
it's absolutely talking about class um, from the perspective of the class that they inhabit, which is sort of upper middle, being Yaley's. Upper, upper middle. Have I mentioned where they went to college yet or where they met? <laughs> um, here's a Even story. Though, right, we talked about it being all place-based. The city where he where he buys his house, Garden City, that's in uh, Hampstead, which, of course, showed up on my uh, episode with Eric Passes. Uh... One of the five boroughs. So have we told any stories about how we dated? Uh, I don't know that we have, no. We met on OkCupid. This is true. We sent snail mail back and forth for a couple of That's weeks. That's correct. Because a couple Ryan, of weeks. like three months. Many months. <laughs> you could say three or four moons. Because, I mean, I guess you could. Because Ryan... I insist. <laughs> Ryan was still living in Alaska until the end of that school year, so we sent some snail mail back and forth for like three months. He came back for spring break. We met, we rode bikes, we walked around town, we ate some pasta, we hit it off. And then Ryan went back to Alaska to finish his school year. I was like, bye. And pretty soon after he went back to Alaska, I received a mixtape in the mail. (laughs) With like 36 songs on it or something like that. DJ Snowy. That was a very, that was a very, um, do you remember what it was called? Number. A mixtape is an act of love. Close. What is it? Very close. A mixtape is an act of devotion. Oh my God. Are you sure? Jesus. Hell yeah. I remember. Am I sure? Yeah. So probably when I read the title, I probably had about the same reaction like, geez. But (laughs) it was like four cd discs long it had so much music on it you wrote out a little note that was like these these are artists that have had an impact on me at some point in my life they're not necessarily my favorite artists they're artists or even my favorite songs by that artist yeah Yeah, yeah. they're artists that have meant a song by an artist that has meant something to me at some point in my life and then you wrote out the the track list this was the song Oh, I should have asked you. You remember what song you included by well, Hospitality? It's a little late now. Yeah. <laughs> this was the Hospitality song that you included. Yeah. And it worked. Here we are. Oh, my gosh. I got that CD, like, at the height of spring. I was driving my parents' car, listening to it all the time. There are all these love songs a on different, it. A different parents' car than the, the one silver that, Toyota. A, we drove back and forth to Seattle, or B, that we're driving right now yeah, during coronavirus. Yeah, this is two cars. This is two cars <laughs> back. Two my parents' cars ago. Yeah. Ooh, it was, a, a it, was the, it was the only stick shift I've ever driven. Mm, God Great bless. Little Toyota. Super mm. cute. Mm. I kind of thought that you chose this song why do you think you might have chosen this song of all of the hospitality songs i think for a couple of reasons i think one is that it's one of the clearest (laughs) of her singing that like you can actually hear what she's singing about it's 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 a very bell and sebastian song it's sweet and and intelligible i think also because you were not stoked about the work that you were doing you wanted Mm -hmm. to do writing and Mm -hmm. i and i really loved your writing and i think that there was probably something in this sort of like i mean my own experience had been i i didn't have a ba in english literature but i had a bs in biology with an emphasis in ecology and evolution and that was good enough to get me a job 
working in price accuracy for Target. Right? I was like yeah. tagging clearance. That's true. We were at that time and right like, between 8th Avenue and yeah. Liberal Arts. Yeah. Right between like sort of being lost and wanting more out of life mm -hmm. and like knowing what we were doing and having stability. And so, so I had already had this experience of like, oh, I discovered my bachelor's was bullshit. And then I had gone back to school and then had two years of teaching under my belt. And so I was starting to find this sort of like, oh, there's some stability here now that I have this, this other ticket. I was sold one ticket and yeah. found that I didn't like where I was seated, you know? It's true. I was like at that point, um, just like the steel ceiling that I was encountering mm. with a bachelor's degree was yeah. uh, like strangling me. Yeah. The ceiling was strangling me. That's a metaphor we can all get behind. <laughs> yeah. That's so a metaphor think... we can all relate to. Think... <laughs> <laughs> Who hasn't? Oh, well, anyway, I don't, I don't like Who that. hasn't been strangled by a steel ceiling? <laughs> yeah. Yeah. Uh, so I think that's probably why it made it on. I think I was speaking to some disaffection that i had felt and sharing some of that with you and also trying to say like hey i hear some of what you're experiencing it wasn't that many years after that that mm. you went on your own quest to acquire a degree that would unlock a different and it did yeah and a it... different level of choice about what i was going to do every yeah, day and yeah and freedom within that choice yeah uh-huh yeah yeah it you know, choice and freedom within the choice. <laughs> sorry. Sorry, I'm this sorry. Is the, this is, uh, why? <laughs> I'm glad that I asked because I always thought that you chose that song. It's it's in the uh, second person. She's singing you. You did this. You chose this. You go on somber walks upstate. Um, and she's talking... Sober. Sober walks uh, upstate. Excuse me. Um, and she's talking about while you were getting your degree you became disaffected and you spent your weekends watching movies and with your girlfriend. And I always thought that you chose the song because she talks about him fingering his girlfriend. Oh, him. They don't say what the gender is. She talks about them fingering their girlfriend. No, that's not, uh, you know, no, that's not why. And um, the vampire weekend song you sent me was, I want to be your boyfriend. So that's discovery. Which is a band what? about which oh, you said it is, it is Discovery. today. Yeah. Wait, what is Discovery? <laughs> today, listeners. Today. I want to be your boyfriend. <laughs> which um, I don't think is the best song on that on that album. But that's for a different episode. It's not actually. It's not the best song on the album. It's not a song for another episode. This it came oh, yeah. up. It came up today. That's its best shot. Yeah. <laughs> I thought you were trying to subliminal message me. There's only one more song. It's All Day Today. All day today I wrote you, but your name don't run. The wind blew away the words I saw. Don't you know? Don't you know? Here's my favorite thing. On the on the opening track, we had, of course, a little, like, twink going on, right? Those kind of, like, uh, showed some of the rougher edges in live tracking. This 
live tracking this album in four days. That's still it's still bonkers to me all these years later, right? Um Yeah, it's like three or four songs per day. Oh my god. Yeah, it's brutal. Wow. It's brutal. You know, we were just hosting Olivia. It's been a week since she left. It's been nine or ten episodes <laughs> since she moved out. I have been busy since she left. Um, but all to say she has one track on her album, on her LP, that is live track. And she talked with us, and I don't think she it's She gets like... a real hollow look in her eye when oh, that song comes on. <laughs> Seriously. I don't think it's telling tales out of school to say that there's a part in there that she said, if you listen carefully, you can hear me like angrily playing the piano because I can't believe how many fucking times we've had to try to <laughs> do this stupid track again. God damn it, all the hell. Right, that she's and like... it sounds good. Her one plunk at the... Yeah. Her angry plunk at the end yeah. of the song sounds good. It sounds really intentional. Yeah. Yeah, so live tracking, notoriously difficult. They did the whole album this way. Um, what I want to say is... Um, my favorite thing here on this track is how little regard Amber has for whatever notes she's quote quote supposed to be singing every time she goes tell you oh yeah 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 tell you she oh she throws her voice Mm -hmm. around like that and I think on a lesser song or a lesser singer or like a lesser album I might be like come on like you're like do the song oh are you but serious so, i love it if i hear like an artist missing notes or being sloppy in their vocals i'm a probably i'm listening to a dude so i have these other assumptions of like oh is he drunk is he high is he like but you know is he like fucked up in some sort of way because he like takes recording not very seriously or, or like i have these sort of like presuppositions that go through or maybe they're just not a good singer and they've been masking it behind like auto-tuning during the whole track during the whole album and i don't feel that at all with her just being like loose and reckless and silly it doesn't sound flat or sloppy it sounds really stylistic yeah i love that you bring up that they were live tracking in that context because it makes me realize how much what is at stake and so how amazing it is um, I mean, throughout how just sort of like free and relaxed mm-hmm. she sounds and mm-hmm. how willing she is to not sing, sing everything. Yeah. Um, yeah. Fair and, amount of talk singing. <laughs> yeah. Um, yeah. And she then, does and then really just like let playful. With that tell. Yeah. Cool. Yeah. yeah. I don't know, Anna. That's the, that's the end of this here album. We've talked about every song a bit. Is there anything we missed along the way? I think we uh, hit all the notes, all the important notes. I think we hit all the important notes. Let's count them down. You got A, A sharp, B, B sharp. Wow, Ryan, C. counting on his fingers is a C mess. Sharp. He's not like flipping a finger up for every note that he says. Oh, I fucking do. <laughs> uh, that means, Anna, it's time for me to ask you, as you are my co-host slash guest on this here episode of 69 vinyl records this episode 51 of 69 vinyl records calling the 150 dollar podcast anna shall we play a game shall we play a game oh well you asked so hospitably so i would say hospitalitably yes thank you uh all right 
Anna, the game we're going to play tonight is called A BA in English Literature. And it's pretty simple. We're going to ask the other person some uh, arts and literature style questions and see who's better at, who, you know, who really deserves. As, as we've mentioned, as we've established on this very episode, episode 51, in case I haven't said that yet, of 69 Vinyl Records, call the $150 podcast, in case I haven't said that yet. I have a bachelor's in science. Anna, you have a bachelor's in arts. Yep. But not in English literature. You have a double major in Spanish and ethnic studies, is this correct? You're correct. Oh, yeah. That's good stuff. All right, so neither of us have a BA in English literature, but we're going to see, um, each of us is going to ask the other four questions, four questions about, well, arts and leisure, uh, literature, what, what, what are the categories here? I think it's arts and leisure, so I'm going to figure something out here about English literature and ask each other four questions, and we'll see who wins. All right, and just so that listeners of this program are aware, Anna and I, again, neither of us have a BA in English literature, but we are only going to ask questions that we are just making up here on the spot. We're just going to come up with these off the top of our heads. These are things that we know and hope the other person knows. Anna, do you want to ask first or answer first? Ooh, um, I'll answer first. Well, you did. <laughs> gotcha. All right, here you go, Anna. This is your first round. Um, a BA in English literature. Let me think. Let me think. Okay. Um, Anna, what, uh, hmm, how shall I ask this? What letter was used as a pseudonym by the author of The Sensuous Woman? C.H. Lawrence. There's far more than one letter that you named. It's just one letter? Yeah. Which letter would you like? C-H-L-A-W-R-E-N or C? <laughs> C. I'm sorry, it was J. Oh, God. The least sensuous of all letters. What? <laughs> Have you seen the, the way a J curves around? It's so voluptuous. What precedes... I mean, it's no B. No capital <laughs> B. Yeah. What precedes and never the twain shall meet? What precedes, like, in common usage? Any, in the quote. Any two things that don't go together? Ugh, oil... I'll even give you... Oh, go ahead. Oil and wine. And never oil and wine, and never the twain shall meet. <laughs> yeah. East is east, and west is west, and never the twain shall meet. Who wrote that? It's true. If you're talking about a compass. Sure. I'm gonna guess Mark Twain. Nice. <laughs> <laughs> and around two, what southern state? What southern state is the setting of William Faulkner's? The sound and the fury. Oh, nice. Um, Tennessee. I'm sorry, Anna. It's Mississippi. Oh, I never would have gotten that. We're we're doing great so far. <laughs> I love this question. <laughs> well, I should hope so. You thought of it just now. <laughs> what war added camouflage, scrounge, and zero hour to the English language? Ugh. Scrounge? 
yeah i i love i love it because um because of zero hour you know how we're always saying zero hour and we never did before <laughs> <laughs> well yeah i mean yeah I guess I started saying it after 9-11, so my guess is 9-11. Scrounge, you started saying scrounge. <laughs> yeah, no, zero hour. The no, war, okay. 9-11? That's what I, that was my answer. Uh, <laughs> but since you've given me a chance to amend my answer, I'm going to backtrack and say Vietnam. Two? Camouflage. Two? World War One. Wait, world, there was a first world war? <laughs> Why didn't that end them all? Yeah. <laughs> if only it had had a tagline. Uh, <laughs> and a round three here. Poor Brandy. <laughs> okay. Ha ha. World War One. Branding war. You wars. bunch of assholes. Hmm. Uh, Anna, who was Lancelot's son in Arthurian legend? <laughs> Oh, darn it, darn it. I'm just banging my forehead against the bottom part of the palm of my hand. I know this. Well, take it easy. Take it easy. Don't be banging your head against the bottom part of the palm of your hand. Okay, it can't be Arthur. Don't, 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 Because don't, Arthur don't. hired Anna, Lancelot. Sure, right. It can't be Little John, because that's from a different legend. Yeah, that's John's son. Um, Artemis? I'm sorry, the answer is Galahad. Oh, oh, Galahad! I had that one. I Galahad that one. Oof. All right, Anna, you've got two more for me. I have one more for you. Let's bang them out. What Somerset Maugham novel has been filmed three times? So it's like they're filming the book? <laughs> yeah. Okay. Uh, this... Everyone knows Somerset Maugham. Yeah, no, big fan. Which of their novels has been filmed three times? Big Trouble in Little China. It's the sexy one of human bondage. Oh, I thought it was the letter J. I, oh, I just realized that they're not talking about that kind of bondage. Oof. Okay. All right. Anna, here's your last, you just had a question about WW1. I've got a question for you about WW2. What? World War Two Heroes autobiography was titled To Hell and Back. That's got to be Winston Churchill. Keep Calm and Go to Hell and Back by <laughs> Winston Churchill. No, that's Audie Murphy. Doy. Oh. What 1960s health... <laughs> what 19... 19- <laughs> You got less health <laughs> health Seth book. What nineteen sixties self help book was based on people not feeling okay? You got it. You got it. I've got this one. Yeah. Oh my god, I'm okay. You're okay. Wow, our first correct answer and the last question. I win. You really pulled it out of the bag. Thanks for handing me that uh, pop psychology book that I just can't even you can't begin. Say it? I cannot even bring myself. I will probably still, I ugh, I say this now, I will probably still work at Merlot a year from now when this comes out. I cannot say anything else about you this. You can't say it. You can't say something that's just true, that that pop psychology book forms the foundation of your story. No, yeah. no, I cannot say that. You can't even say no, that, and it's just no. true. It's 
here's another thing that's true. That book's a crock of shit. <laughs> okay. And I'm keeping that in there. And that's how we play a BA in English literature. <laughs> Anna, it's now 10.07 p.m. here in the Inner Sanctum. We oh, have... no! I have to wake up early for Mother's Day tomorrow. It'll, it'll happen. We're going to mm. do it. Okay. But, folks, we do need to sign off so that Anna can wake up early tomorrow. For the aforementioned Mother's Day, we have uh, baskets of goodies to drop off for the old ladies in our lives that we call our moms. We're going to swing through Lake Oswego in the morning, drop off a basketball, and swing through my parents' house in the afternoon. We're going to play a board game online with your mom tomorrow night. A jam-packed day. And I'm recording with passes tomorrow. You'll be hearing episode 52, the final episode of year one of the pod in this year and a half pod or so. But Anna, I guess I got to say, like, as we're headed to bed, um, thanks for doing yet another episode of my silly project here with me. Thank you for being so hospitable. Thanks, baby. Love you. Bye. Uh, and folks, <laughs> thank you. A little premature there, but I like your enthusiasm. <laughs> uh, <laughs> listeners, thank you for being here with us for now almost a full year. A full year of this program. 51 episodes. Honestly, I've said this before, and I will say it again. The number 69 is more than just a silly number. It is a quantity of podcast episodes that is quite high. But we are very, very close. We are nearing the summit. I feel like Moses looking over the promised land. Only, I don't intend to die at the end of it. I intend to go on living and experiencing that promised land. And that's how my pact with God is different than Moses's. Anyway. It's also a sex position. Mount Sinai? <laughs> you know what I should have said about all day today? Oh my god. <laughs> Please. All day today. This is a perfect time. <laughs> all day today I saw you. All day today I ran into you. I can't believe you know, like ninety percent of the listeners have already turned this episode off by you, the time you <laughs> You can edit that stuff around. I don't know how. Okay. Yeah. Too late. Listeners, thank you for being here. Whatever I was saying before, <laughs> you're the best. You know, this is a fun project. Blah, blah, blah. Until we speak again, please do, folks. I insist. Take care of yourselves and take care of each other. Bye. Good night, sweet prince.